Get Back to Basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Hi, a very good afternoon to you. Wonderful to be in your company this afternoon as we head straight into Pesach. Yes, of course. In a couple of hours' time, we will beginning, be beginning the beautiful Chag, the beautiful festival of Pesach once again. And, of course, celebrating something that happened 3,333 years ago, to uh, almost be exact, um, in the year 2448, um, we quit Egypt. We got out of Egypt, and that was the time of our gula, of our redemption. And now... Celebrating all these years later Yes And so much has been said about it So we're not going to belabor the point But somewhat differently this year From every other year But needless to say There are so many things That we still need to think about Know about and practice During these next few days And particularly Tonight and tomorrow night With our Pesach Sedorim Our Pesach Seders That we will be having Albeit that they will be a little bit different But they are going to be A beautiful and full And proper Pesach Seder Nevertheless So let's perhaps Begin by giving you A little bit of a code to remember For the Pesach Sedorim For the Pesach Seders And let's Tune it in to a code of four, three, two, and one. These are numbers that keep on coming up in the Pesach Seder, not necessarily pronounced as much as others are, but if we think about the number four, we have the four different cups of wine. If we think about the number three, there are three different occasions on which we eat matzah. If we take the number two, there are two occasions on which we eat maror. And if we take the number one, there is the one time tonight. And of course, tomorrow night being that we are in the diaspora, that we need to say the Haggadah, that we need to tell the story of the redemption from Egypt. These actually are the basic mitzvot. This actually encapsulates the entire story of Pesach Seder And um, I'm not going to leave it there We're going to be back with you soon But if you live alone Especially during these days of lockdown Get back to basics with Judaism 101 With Rabbi Michael Katz So of course let's get back to the basics Of the Seder And as we said before 4321 or 1234 Depending on which way you like to count Counting up or counting down And there will be more on counting as we come towards the end of uh, this show, we're talking about tonight's Pesach Seder. And let's do it by numbers. Number one, the one. It is a mitzvah tonight to talk about getting out of Egypt. Now, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You could just simply go through the Pesach Seder guide, which is known as the Haggadah. We could take the Haggadah. And if we just read through it, we have certainly done that mitzvah. It talks about the getting out of Egypt. It talks about our history. And it gives us the plan, the map of how we are supposed to conduct that seder, the order of the seder. And in fact, if you know that the word seder actually means order, so it gives us the exact order of how to do it all. Yes, and of course, in good Jewish style, there are some stories thrown in 
there is some background songs, there are praises of the Almighty. All of that is part and parcel of the story of getting out of Egypt. But perhaps it is a good opportunity to elaborate, to spend some time in the next few hours, if you haven't done so already, researching. You know, um, this lockdown time has given us so much of an opportunity to uh, go online and to check out so much that is available whether on websites, whether it has been emails that have been sent out, whether it's stories that you have uh, perhaps glossed over and haven't read on your WhatsApps and so on. So print out some stuff, uh, take a look at it all, and embellish your Seder this year by sharing some thoughts with your immediate family. Of course, we're not having guests tonight. We're only going to be having the guests that are with you right now, the people who are with you in your home are going to be your guests, but share with your children, share with your spouse, share with yourself if you are all alone, and spend some time introspecting a little bit and thinking about what the getting out of Egypt actually means and how relevant that message is for us today, and perhaps more so today than ever before. We are reliving the time when we actually got out of Egypt in a very, very real fashion, because if you think about it, the first Pesach Seder was spent in lockdown. The people were in their own homes. They had put the blood on the doorposts and on the lintel of their homes of the Paschal lamb that they were going to be eating. They were isolated. They uh, had to be a designated family that was designated from before Pesach exactly in number as to who was going to participate, who was going to eat from that Pesach offering. The similarities are just almost too many to mention. And then on the next day, they quit Egypt. They got out of there. And perhaps at that time, they too were a little bit disbelieving, a little bit unsure of whether this wasn't just a dream or whether it was, wasn't just something that Moshe Rabbeinu, that Moses had invented and uh, was selling them one of his dreams. The dream became reality on the next day. And the whole Jewish people, together with all of their wealth and together with everything that they had accumulated in Egypt, left Egypt and made its journey towards Mount Sinai and from then on to the land of promise to Israel. And so to talk about these things, to share insights, to discuss exactly what happened, to think back is not just about telling the story, but it's literally about reliving it. It's about going through it in your mind and thinking about the relevance and the messages of today, the messages of getting out of Egypt, the fact that we are adaptable, the fact that we as a people and as individuals are so adaptable. We were slaves and we became free. We were free and we became um, imprisoned once again in the different diasporas, but there were certain things that remained constant and consistent. There were certain things that remained part and parcel of our lives, and those are the very things that have kept us going as a people that have, in, <coughs> excuse me, that have enabled us to be the kind of people that we are so proud to be, to be proud Jews, to have the incredibly powerful connection that we have with the Almighty, and to be able to be this kingdom of priests and this light unto the nations that we are so certainly proud of having been in the last couple of weeks here in South Africa, of being the kind of example that the rest of the world can follow. 
from a moral point of view, from an ethical point of view, from a legal point of view, and certainly from a spiritual one. And so, therefore, as we tell the story once again tonight, rule number one of the Pesach Seder is to make sure that we are there and are able to take on board all the messages of the Pesach Seder, of what it meant to be slaves, what it means to be free, and how we can gain that freedom, even if we're on lockdown, even if we're all alone. Now, you can make a difference during the COVID-19 pandemic with DISCAM. Your DISCAM benefit points can now go towards supporting the Independence Solidarity Fund, excuse me, Solidarity Fund, set up by the President. DISCAM is matching RAND for RAND, all point donations, and will kickstart it with an upfront 2 million rand. Monies raised will go towards saving lives and assisting people in need. Donate now by converting your points via the Discam app or website. Together we are stronger. Together we can overcome the pandemic. Discam, pharmacists who care. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. And yes, of course, the basics of the Seder continuing. We spoke about the number one, the obligation to get the messages of the exodus from Egypt and to talk about it tonight and tomorrow night at your Pesach Seder. What about number two? The second thing um, on our list and in the number order of number two is twice during the Seder, we need to eat maror, maror being Bitter herbs. And the bitter herbs are either horseradish, and if you can't stomach that or um, you're quite entitled not to eat the horseradish, but you can eat instead of that romaine lettuce. Romaine lettuce, which has a slightly bitter aftertaste, qualifies, according to everybody, as being that bitter herb. You do not have to choke on the uh, horseradish. But, of course, some people feel that that is the better one to do. So it's a matter of your taste or your choice. However, when it comes to these mitzvahs of the Pesach Seder, and, of course, it is a mitzvah to eat maror um, this evening and tomorrow evening, there is not only a time of doing it, which is at the Pesach Seder, at the specific times. Time number one, when we make the blessing on the maror. Time number two, when we put it inside the so-called Hillel sandwich for something called Koirach. And when we do that, we need to make sure that there is a substantial amount of maror. If we are looking at the romaine lettuce leaves, it's uh, probably a bunch of leaves, six or seven leaves uh, that have to be combined together to qualify. If we are talking about um, grated horseradish, it should be a heaped tablespoon, yes, you heard me correctly, a heaped tablespoon of uh, maror that is utilized specifically, especially for the first time that we eat it. A little bit, either for the sandwich, we can go a little bit less, but um, we need to eat a substantial amount. And of course, you could scale it down and use one or the other, or rather a combination of the two in that kind of size. So in other words, if you're using half and half in those sizes of uh, the romaine lettuce leaves with some of the strong grain wrapped inside it, that qualifies for the maror. And of course, the maror, the bitter herbs, reminds us of the bitterness, of the difficulties that we have been through as a people and the difficulties that our forefathers had to face in Egypt. And yet 
there was always the redemption. And so at the same time, as we were eating that bitter herb, there is always the focus on what is going to be afterwards. The fact that we go through difficulties, that we have hardships, that we have difficult issues that we need to deal with in our lives, there is always the morning after. There is always the fact that Hashem comes to our rescue, as He did then in Egypt, takes us out, makes sure that we are redeemed, and makes sure that we can eat and enjoy and ingest the things that are sweet and palatable immediately thereafter. What about number three? Well, perhaps the essence of the Pesach Seder is in the number three, and that is the matzah. We actually haven't done Pesach if we haven't eaten matzah tonight and tomorrow evening at the Pesach Seder. You do not need to eat matzah at any other time on Pesach, but at the Seder, it is a mitzvah, and it's a Torah Injunction. It is something that the Torah specifically states that we need to do. And when the Torah tells us that we need to do this, it's not like having a piece of challah on a Friday night. It's not like any other Yom Tov when the eating of certain foods is optional. But at the Pesach Seder, it is obligatory. There is an obligation for each and every one of us to eat matzah and to eat a certain amount of matzah. Now, there are many different opinions on the actual amounts, but what everybody agrees on is that it's not just a nibble. It's not just a little piece. It's a substantial amount. And yes, the amount of matzah that is contained in the head of the table's Seder plate is not going to be enough to spread around to go to everybody. You need to supplement with other matzahs, with other matzot that you add and that you make sure that everybody is sitting at the Pesach Seder. And yes, by the way, this applies equally to all adults, to men and women, people over the age of bar and bat mitzvah, men and women. Women were very much part of the miracles of getting out of Egypt. And therefore, this time-bound mitzvah is still an obligation on women as well. One needs to eat at a certain time and a certain amount. Now, the amount of matzah may be surprising to those who have never done this before or never heard about it before, but the amount of matzah is substantial. In fact, I would suggest that each person actually has their own three matzot because you're almost going to have to consume them all um, at the pace of Satan. And certainly if you're using a machine-made square matzah, which many will possibly probably be using at the Pesach Seder, you need to consume the first time around. So when we make the brocha ala chilat matzah, when we make the blessing on the mitzvah of eating matzah, right at the beginning of the meal, we need to consume almost an entire matzah. And it's got to be done within four minutes, and we should try not to take anything in between, um, liquid or otherwise, to kind of wash it down. And we should not speak in between. We should make sure that that is consumed in a very quick manner, um, swallowing um, almost an entire matzah. If you're using a handmade matzah, you can probably go to about two-thirds of a handmade matzah for the first time round. But the second time round, in other words, when we make the Hillel sandwich, and refer back to that with the Maror that we were speaking about before, here we need to have a combination. And the combination is um, um, the matzah and the maror, and that matzah that is used for the korech sandwich, for the hillel sandwich, is about half 
of what we uh, did, or, or the minimum is about half of what we had for the first time round, and I would suggest there about half to two-thirds of a matzah, if you're using a machine matzah, and about a third of a handmade shmura matzah, if that is what you're using. And then the third time that we eat the matzah is at the time of the afikoman. Afikoman is not just a game to be played with the kids searching for the hidden afikoman, um, but the afikoman is actually part of the mitzvahs of the Pesach Seder, that we need to go to bed overfilled because we need to eat the afikoman. And by the way, they say that the name afikoman comes from a Greek word of afikuman. In other words, when you are already satisfied, that is when we eat it. In other words, it is a dessert. Now, you wouldn't go and make a dessert or at any other time, I guess, out of a matzah. But here at the Pesach Seder, we take this dessert matzah and we eat it once we are already full. The idea of showing our um, entire liberation, that not only are we leaning, reclining, and eating a lavish meal, but we are also eating from something or eating something when we are already full, which is something that only the privileged few have the opportunity to do, to be stuffed, to be full, to be um, completely satisfied, and then still to have the ability to eat more. Yes, it's a hard uh, pill to swallow, I guess, at the end of the Seder, but um, we do that with a smile on our faces because this is a golden opportunity to really in- ingest all the powerful things that matzah contains. Now, yes, while we often laugh or joke about the fact that the matzah makes us feel uncomfortable, that it bloats us, that it's not very satisfying, um, as we know the kids are always hungry on Pesach. Um, but the idea of the matzah is that matzah actually has so many beautiful, beautiful blessings within it. It is called the bread of affliction, but then it becomes the bread of, of, uh, of redemption. It is called the bread of our faith, and it is called the bread of our healing. Now, if we think about at this time, how much faith we need and we need to imbibe and we need to ingest with each bite that we are taking of the matzah. We are ingesting, we are imbibing, we are generating extra faith, extra emunah. It is our connection with the Almighty. It is our connection with God. It is a way that we show how committed we actually are to God. And with each bite, we are taking on bite-sized pieces of faith as we swallow each bite of the matzah. And then it is the food of our healing, as the Holy Zohar tells us. It is a food that heals. And yes, of course, there are so many that we think about at this difficult time in our history when people have have contracted and are suffering from this illness, COVID-19, and of course from many other illnesses um, that are out there. We dare not forget that there are so many people who need healing, but perhaps we too need an element of healing, not just an inoculation and not just to deal with the direct ailments that unfortunately are surrounding us, but the concept of dealing with a healing that we need from a spiritual point of view. And with each bite that we take of the matzah, we are generating in a spiritual sense a tremendous amount of faith, 
and a tremendous amount of healing. And hopefully as we heal in our, in and of ourselves, we'll be able to provide and help to strengthen the uh, combined stamina and the combined um, uh, influence of uh, positive energy throughout the entire Jewish world and how much more so throughout the world per se with each bite of matzah that we take at our Pesach Seder. Now this year, many of us will be celebrating Pesach, as we mentioned, without the physical presence of our families and friends. It's very easy to focus on who is absent rather than looking at who is always with us. Now, straight after this, you can join Rabbi Levi Aftson from Linksfield Shul today at 3 p.m. as he helps us to reframe Pesach as us sitting around God's Seder table. Be back with you right after this. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Hi, welcome back. Yes, of course, good to get into the spirit of wishing Simon Tov Mazel Tov, how wonderful it is to be Jewish, to be happy, to be joyous, and to be celebrating the Chag of Pesach that is just about upon us. So let's get back to our numbers game and uh, the number four. Of course, the Pesach Seder is full of the number four. We know of the four questions, we know of the four sons, but most importantly, perhaps, is the four cups of wine. We drink four different cups of wine. Now, the cup of wine, once again, since it is a mitzvah, the Pesach Seder, again, needs to have a time and an amount. And the amount of the cups of wine needs to be that your cup should be a cup that holds a minimum of 90 milliliters of liquid, of wine. And you should try for each drinking of each cup to drink at least half of the cup hopefully the entire cup, um, and one can use any kosher wine for Pesach. In fact, we should try at the Seder to use a special wine, a good wine. There are many who say it's preferable to use a red wine, but of course any wine that you enjoy, that you like, it doesn't have to be sweet, it doesn't have to be what we've always called kiddush wine. It is very good to drink a good wine and to make sure that we enjoy the wine as we're drinking it, and there are four different times during the Seder when we drink the cups of wine. First, right at the beginning when we make Kiddush. Second, just before the meal. Third time, after we have done Birkat Amazon, the benching. And then the fourth time, once we have completed the Hallel, once we've completed um, basically the entire Seder. And of course, the four cups of wine are um, reminiscent of the four different expressions of redemption as they are enumerated in the book of Exodus for different ways, perhaps, for different means by which Hashem redeems us. And hopefully it won't be too long before we will see the fruition of absolute and actual redemption. I would like to also remind everybody of the fact that we begin the counting of the Omer, don't forget, tomorrow evening in your evening prayer, or if you neglected to do it in the evening prayer, of course, it is printed in most Haggadot, most Haggadahs have it, um, that we should rem- remind everybody to start the counting of the Omer. And this counting is something that is, once again, a biblical precept, a biblical instruction, that we should start counting from the day after the first day of Pesach, we should start counting. In other words, from the evening service of the second night of Pesach, we start counting 
Um, the Omer, we count from an Omer offering that was brought on that day. That was the reminder to start counting. And exactly seven weeks later, we would complete the 49 days of what is known as the Svirata Omer, the counting of the Omer, leading up to the moment at which we received the Torah from Hashem at Mount Sinai. So we begin a process tomorrow evening that takes us closer to Sinai, that brings us a link to our next big Chag, the next big event that is on our agenda after Pesach, which is the festival of Shavuot, the time of Matan Toratenu, the time of the receiving of our Torah. Be back with you right after this. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. And yes, of course, just to sum up, let's think about all the important messages that we need to ingest and we need to think about and we need to have uppermost in our minds over the next few days. Of course, we're going into a three-day event because Shabbat follows immediately after um, the first two days of Pesach. And so we have kind of triple energy, triple spirituality. And of course, there are so many messages going around about the power. And of course, we need to think about it, the power of women lighting candles. You have three opportunities over the next three days to light Yom Tov and Shabbat candles and bring more light into the world. And hopefully that light will dispel a uh, pall of gloom, of darkness, of difficulty that unfortunately pervades the world at this difficult time. But one of the things that I was thinking about, um, and because I am a Kohen, so of course it is something uppermost in my mind when it comes to the Yom Tov of Pesach, is that unfortunately, due to the fact that nobody is going to be davening in a minion, we are not going to be saying the Birkat Kohanim, the blessing of the Kohanim, otherwise known as the Duchanim. That is not going to be taking place in Shul. And therefore, I thought it may be an opportunity right now, if you will permit me, to give you all that priestly blessing, that Kohen's Bracha, and what a way, hopefully, to go into the Yom Tov with the uh, Birkat Kohanim, with the blessing of the Kohanim. And, of course, I don't do this because it is any stature that I have uh, gained of myself. This is something that comes as a Kohen, a lineage from on high. And, of course, we know that it's through the Kohanim that um, Hashem channels those blessings. So, here goes, Vayedaber Adonai Moshe. Lemor, Daber, El Aharon, Ve'albanav, Lemor, Kot Varchu et Bene Yisrael, Omer Lahem. Yevarechacha, Adonai, Ve'yishmerecha. May Hashem bless you and keep you. Ya'er Adonai, Panavelecha, Vichoneka. May Hashem cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Yisa, Adonai, Panav, Elecha. May Hashem lecha shalom. May Hashem lift up His countenance upon you and grant you peace. Please, God, you should have a peaceful, healthy, and wonderful Chag, a wonderful Yom Tov. And please, God, this Pesach should be not only memorable for the fact that we have done it alone, or that we have been in isolation, or that we've been on lockdown, but rather that this has been the precursor to a time that we have dreamed about, that we never until now really imagined to be possible. The time of the Geula, the time of the redemption, which hopefully is upon us 
as we speak and as we go into this Chag, as we go into this Yom Tov. Look forward to being back with you after Pesach, because, of course, next week, Wednesday, when we usually have our Judaism 101.9 slot, is Yom Tov. It is the latter days of the Chag of Yom Tov. So I want to wish you a happy, kosher, and healthy Yom Tov. And please, God, anyone who needs a Rufu Shlema, who needs to be healed, should be healed. And please, God, so too, we should be able to march together with Mashiach. Um, and hopefully, when we open the door for Eliyahu Hanavi, and he's going to have a lot more places to visit this year, so you've got to give him a bit of time as we open the door for Eliyahu Hanavi, Elijah the prophet, and HaPesach Seder, he will come bearing the good news that Mashiach is here, and that we have completed this galut we've got out of this exile. And please God, it should happen. Bimahira biyamenu amen. Take care. Look forward to seeing you very, very soon um, on Judaism 101.9.